Hello and welcome to another episode of Drama School Dropout. My name is Ingram Noble and as per usual, I'm your Drama School Dropout and on today's episode, I'm joined by a Drama School graduate. Please welcome to the podcast, Ben Waddle. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Are we all excited for this new lockdown that Big Nicky's put us in today? I know, someday to do the podcast, got a lot to talk about. <laughs> uh, just so everybody knows as well, as per usual, we're not together, we're re- recording this remotely, and if I sound weird as fuck, it's because I've got a cold. I don't have COVID, I have a cold. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just jump right into it. We met um, four years ago now, um, when I joined college, I was in the year below you, so I've now officially been impeding on your life for four years and I'm still trying to talk you into doing shit like this. <laughs> well, it's been four years of absolute pleasure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> good lies, good lies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I wanted to ask you first um, is how did you like get into acting and what was like your first role? I, uh, so I got into acting in school, like the drama and stuff when the school was at, I was at Lindsay Academy. Uh, but yeah, I was basically, I was going to do sports science. And then when you got into the kind of career section of school, they were like, oh, you need biology for this. And I was like, ah, okay. I didn't have any sciences behind my belt. It just wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't for me at all. I really did, didn't agree with science. And then when we got into sixth year, the school started running drama as a hire. And I was kind of looking for other avenues and stuff to do. And I was in, like, like when I was younger, obviously, you kind of go to the kind of extracurricular things. Uh, so I kind of done a few things, like, when I was, like, properly younger, because my mum tried to just put me into everything, tried to make me a swimmer, taekwondo, <laughs> acting a lot. So uh, I, I was very interested at that point. And uh, by where by the time I got to studying and stuff like at higher drama level and like doing kind of wee smaller shows in the like area it just kind of became a passion for me like it's just as simple as that to be fair I can actually I never knew that you were going to be doing sports science but I can really see that yeah before uh, before I like started doing acting I was very sports orientated and growing up I like all my time was taken up I was either like doing boxing or tennis or football I was just everything was about food, like science and not science sports science <laughs> like I just wanted to become like a PT or like a, a PE teacher so something involved with sports so I got a big bang outside my flat there so I got a wee startled fright <laughs> <laughs> it's all good um it, I mean it's not like you need very many qualifications to become a, a PT now every all you need is an Instagram account and a six-pack Exactly, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I have only one of these things. <laughs> <laughs> so my next question was going to be, was there like much of a scope for acting at secondary school? And by the sounds of it, there wasn't until like sixth year. But when did you sort of sit down and decide uh, while you were in school that like acting is now what I want to do with like, not for the rest of your life because things change and things. But when were you like, I, I want to go and study this further? It really was as soon as I was doing the like drama as a subject, and I was very interested when we were doing all the essays and stuff as well, which is very uncommon for me. So yeah, like subjects, I kind of grasp that. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone saying they got interested in acting because of the essays. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was just very interested in like the kind of character development side and like 
just like all the wee things that you wrote about in your essays and like analyzing plays and like going to the theater as like a class and watching something and then kind of like writing a review of it and stuff like that just kind of yeah every kind of aspect of drama uh, kind of grasped me and then when we started doing the wee smaller shows to audiences uh, like as part of the course we kind of done about about 20 minutes of a play so it wasn't like the full play but we done like about 20 minute like kind of segments of different like pieces of theater and performed them to different uh, like people we got audiences in we got parents in but we got like local people to come watch uh, that just kind of sparked from there and then i was i went into the avenue of uh, looking into studying it further so then like moving on you're at you're at glasgow kelvin college with the three best acting lecturers in the country big up um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, so did you join? Did you start on the NQ program, or did you join the same year as I am? But were you just talented enough to get onto the year above? Yeah, I went uh, straight into the HND uh, year one. So uh, when I went, I didn't really know what I was auditioning for because, as good as my school was to put me there, I just didn't really. There wasn't there wasn't much support in uh, getting you. Like when you get there, you're kind of by yourself. That is you. You're fighting for yourself. So uh-huh. all my application and stuff, I done by like by myself, and I was very confused when I got to college. Uh, so when I auditioned, I was quite ill prepared, and I'd not really done many auditions and stuff before. So I was very nervous, and it was well, uh, one of the lectures that obviously got me. And they said to me, "Oh, look, I think you're good enough to go into this year," but I didn't really know what it meant until obviously I started studying see kind of the opposite there for me then because i i knew what i was auditioning for and i was sort of prepared and then got told no you're a bit shit which was basically um like the, no, it just feels like i'm boasting in your face now <laughs> yeah kind of but i mean that's life in it um i i did an audition uh, my contemporary monologue was from a film um and i had leah for my audition who wasn't a fan Oh really? Yeah, so I fucked up from the beginning. Maybe I was just strict scripted because I got Yvonne. So she uh, just she 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 said that uh, I'm a very rough diamond, but there's clearly talent there. So she recommended me for the HND. So basically what you mean is you were the last person that day and she wanted to go home. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She just seen me and was just like, you know what, just put him in and then we'll deal with it later on. Yeah. So um Moving on, like with the shows and things, because I've said on the podcast loads of times that the shows at Kelvin were great um, and they were directed well and they were put on well. It was never, it never felt like an amateur performance to me. So the shows that I got to see you in, the first one was Female Transport by Steve Gooch and you were playing the surgeon. And I remember just sitting and watching that play because it had been the first time that we had sort of seen a Kelvin production that I had seen that I wasn't in because we'd done DNA and grandfathers. And then I think you went into the theater straight away and the set was so good for that. And like, it was, it was just a funny show in general. Like, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that show? Yes. Yeah, what a show to do is your first one in college. As you were saying, nothing, no show that we'd done felt amateur at all. Like the, between the set from Ian and directing from the lecturers, they were all, spectacular uh, the place like as his first one to do was very very interesting uh, because it was it's very female like heavy, like it's based on female characters but like, you heavily. said uh, that would like it because it is a play about 
a group of female prisoners who are getting shipped to Australia, I think. But when I actually, when I look back at that, from what I can remember of it being now four years ago, it's the male performances that I remember from that show. I think I think it was uh, the it was like the play itself was wrote for female actors, and it was a kind of it was kind of like spearheaded towards like feminism and like when it was wrote because it was well it was uh, transporting female prisoners from England to Australia uh, back when like Britain was Britain was colonizing Australia, and my like, there was four four or three male actors in it, and I think so three. there was. Yeah, no, there was four. There was four. So there was uh, the captain. Uh, there was the captain and myself, and I was the surgeon. So we were the kind of posh people who looked after, uh, the, like obviously, drove the boat and looked after the like inmates and stuff. And then there was the the young, the young stud Tommy and the Sarge, who kind of was the. They were the kind of people who kept the, the prisoners in line. So I think a lot of the action came from the men going into the cells because when we weren't there all the like female actresses were kind of like tied up and uh yeah or yeah, there was not a lot of action on stage whereas if like when the guys were on stage there was obviously a lot of action because everyone was up and moving uh whereas it was more like verbally focused when the girls uh-huh. were on stage by themselves but the stuff that like the director done with that show because as a script as a whole it it doesn't grasp you too much it's a great play and like the foundations it's built on is very very interesting but the aspects that were added into it such as sea shanties and like singing like during like opening the show and closing for the break and opening up after the break and closing the show the singing aspects added to the show was very very fun to be honest because i had done a few musicals prior to college and i like really enjoyed them so like a, a musical, like the musical aspect of it was just such a fun one to like do as my first show as well. I remember coming out of that show because what I didn't sort of realise at the time was that the lecturers picked plays based on the year's ability. So the two plays that we done in NQ were sort of an NQ ability, like they were really a high school show sort of thing. And mm. I remember coming out of that show and being like, fuck... <laughs> we're, we're meant to be that good next year but, and you swear <laughs> but i don't think i realized that they prepare you to be that good before you get to that level of the show yeah they do throw you in the deep end it was very scary coming from high school to that because i was i was very young i was 17 uh, when i was first done that show so still still just a wee baby yeah whereas i was like 18 thought i knew the world and got kick down a few pegs but um moving on to like i said next year so when you're in your final year at kelvin you do two productions so you do shakespeare uh, and you were doing king lear and you were playing the earl of gloucester um so what was that like because I, I know that especially sort of i never had to deal with it because i've worked with shakespeare for quite a while like we've done a lot of that in secondary school but how did that feel especially making the jump considering that you only seriously started this like acting course two years ago at higher, how was it then being tasked with quite a big role? Because let's, let's just put it briefly. You were one of the, like you would, you were the most talented male actor in your class. So how did it then feel being tasked with like a massive role in a Shakespeare play with language that you're not familiar with? And 
sort of everyone did have an expectation that you were going to be great. So how did you sort of deal with that? Well, that's, that's very big praise. I'm sitting here with like cheese on my face now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am to please. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you say that to everyone on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, it was a very, it was a very difficult show to do. Uh, I myself am quite fine with Shakespeare. I can, I can kind of annotate the scripts well. I can translate it. I can kind of read it with ease and like pronunciation of the words, uh, yeah. like kind of comes easily to me. I'm not like because I've done quite a lot, of, not a lot of Shakespeare, like in school, like acting wise. But I've I read a bit of Shakespeare because that's the the kind of guy I am. Uh, same, same. <laughs> yeah, I do love Shakespeare. I must say. So when I got cast as Gloucester, I was I was extremely buzzing. And I must say, like the show was very, very tough. Like the it was very long days. Consider like it was so good transport. though. It, it was a very rewarding show. Like the it was tough, but it was very rewarding by the time we got the show out because I thought it was my favorite show I've ever been in. Out with college, like including all the like work I've done out with. That's the favorite piece of theatre I've ever done. Uh, it was phenomenal. It was the first. There was the characters' development and going through that and like the story and the. Uh, He's, he's just such an interesting character. At the start, he starts in a bit of a baddie when King Lear runs away. He's get he's trying to get his son uh, killed. So he's trying to get Edgar killed. Uh, but then he sees good and then goes to help King Lear and then he gets tortured. Uh, but then the, the torture scene itself was surreal. Uh, <laughs> how, like having to get like my eyes pulled out on stage, obviously, is, as you also- said, with Leah directing, because Leah always directs Shakespeare, Leah just comes up with the weirdest shit to make things work. Because if I'm right, oh, it was pulling your eyes out was olives, wasn't it? It was lychees. <laughs> it was right. uh, it, it was lychees that was like getting yanked at my face, and then they basically just burst like blood, like fake blood pouches all over me. So like my eyes were taken out of the game completely. So after <laughs> that scene. Uh, I, w- I was blind for the rest of the show, uh, which led to a few a few errors from other people and it was myself. Which genuinely, because I, I saw every single King Lear show, and <laughs> I, I, I'm such a fan, um, and I never noticed a mistake. And I'm kind of like you; I know my Shakespeare well enough to spot mistakes. So if there were any mistakes, they were well covered. Oh, it, it wasn't uh, mistakes in the. In the show necessarily, it was just me being blind really did impair me because I had a, I had I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name any names, but the person like helping me was uh, someone from your year, and out of the four shows, I think every show something went wrong. Yeah. So don't, I don't say I'm his tied name. Up. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm getting tied up, and like I've got my bandage all over my face, like like so basically the crew out with like aren't on stage. They're all helping you get ready for the next scene. So pretty much I'm getting tortured. Then I go off stage and I get thrown right back on. And uh, he's, like, his character is meant to transport me back into the middle and then, like, run away as my son Edgar, who, like, comes to help me, uh, comes onto stage. He flees. So the first show, he leads me on through the, the audience and bashes my head off the metal poles where audiences, like, the members Fun. are sitting. And then all I hear is just buckled laughter and everyone's laughing at me. And I'm like, just like, right, okay, just try to keep going on with the show. Which, like, obviously, you've just been getting tortured on stage and screaming for, like, probably, like, five minutes. Then you get thrown back yeah. on. 
yeah, getting tortured more by the guy that's maybe helping. And you. There's, there's also nothing worse than breaking the audience, the audience's focus in a Shakespeare show. Yeah, it was a very, very like tense moment. I've just been tortured. I come on, it's meant to be a poignant moment where my son comes to save me, but I don't know it's him because I'm blind. Uh, so it's meant to be a really poignant moment in the show. But he, <laughs> and then the next show, he he was at the toilet and didn't come back. So I was trying to lead myself on. So like as I said, I'm completely blind and I can't see where I'm going. So I'm just trying to usher myself on without walking into this like metal pole for the second show in a row. And yeah. I eventually get there, but then it just takes a bit longer because I'm like ushering myself. Uh, and then obviously, like coincidentally, his character had a line, so like <laughs> I had to like shout his line of course behind the stage, and then like usher myself onto the stage. <laughs> uh, he was in is... Macbeth the next year when I was in Macbeth, and let me just say, if there was one person that let that cast down, it was the same person that fucked up Shakespeare the year before. Uh, because it came I love, to I love him, but I don't. <laughs> the tension builds it, it came to show day and he still didn't know all of his lines so that's how i feel <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, i just found it funny but like do you want a bit of like inside gossip about his part yeah go for it he was never meant to play him mm. i was oh, in king so lear double, double beef there um no oh. in king lear um no, I got the part that I wanted in Macbeth. It was him that didn't get the part that he wanted. Um, no, in King Lear, um, I was supposed to come and audition and do that part, presumably. Um, I just couldn't be bothered, really, if I'm honest with you. It got no, to that point, me. and I was like, nah, can't be bothered. So um, I, I, I just messaged Lear, and I was like, listen, I can't put all of my, I can't put my all into this, so I'm going to like bow out gracefully. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, uh, <laughs> inside gossip. So moving on to the to the next show that you did, um, talk about something a bit less grim than Shakespeare was black comedy by yeah. and I, when I tell you I had to come and see the show two times because the first time that I seen it, I was blackout drunk. Oh, I remember. I remember that uh, I, I <laughs> the think first was, two rows were just all of your class. They were I, just steaming. I think and we it, was, it made it funnier for us. But that was just like one of the best shows I've ever seen. So so for anybody that it hasn't heard of black comedy, it's um a show based within two um two flats or one flat. It's uh, what the main set's the one flat and then people characters come from the other flat across. Uh, and, come through the door. Yeah, and they have like power cuts. So the majority of this is done whereas we can see them, but they're in the dark, so they're basically blind. Uh, ben just likes to play blind characters, apparently. Um, and it was just one of the <laughs> funniest shows that I've ever seen. High praise again. It got me cheesed. Uh, oh, honestly, I'm, yeah, I, was... I, I must be wanting something. <laughs> uh, it was. It was a very. It was a very like excellent show to work on for the for the last show for something that's very sad in college. You get well from from when I started. I had three shows. Uh, with the same group of people and for the final show to be a comedy and like an actually good comedy for one uh, just made it such a more enjoyable experience rather than like a sad one on reflection yeah. uh, I try getting the final show being a show that the entire class hate yeah I, I, do. I did feel really bad for your year because my year got uh, black comedy and oh, I mean the other half of my year kind of 
was in the same boat as you. They they didn't enjoy it as much, but it worked out well for me. So that's my last show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember, I remember you coming to see it as well. It was out in East Kilbride, wasn't it? Yeah. To be honest, though, I enjoyed it while we were in the theatre. But the whole prep for it and reading it and rehearsing it, I fucking hated it. That's that's one thing that's always like weird about theatre is that you can hate a piece until you actually get up to perform yeah. it, like the whole run through, and then you actually kind of respect it in a new light and fall in love with wee parts of it. It it helped that one of like my best friends in college was playing my wife in it, so it wasn't yeah. like <laughs> I I was working with decent people. Like yeah, you had someone to get you through it. I, I say that like people in my classes were cunts, um, <laughs> but like one of Maria, I don't give a fuck, sue me, bitch. Um, she was one of my best friends, and I loved working with her there. And it was just it made it a little bit more special that the final sort of connection that I had on stage was with somebody. Maria and I auditioned for college together. We were on the same day, so it was like a really full circle moment that we got to audition together for college and then like my last line on a stage for college was with her was with her yeah that's, that's such a nice moment to have so we've spoke about like and then well then and jack fucked it up and had a seizure oh yeah <laughs> and got our shows cancelled <laughs> go back and yeah, listen to a lad. few episodes before if you want to hear all the the gossip about that um yeah <laughs> but like talking about the shows and things we all especially within college you get like your favorite memories and like your funny stories from each show. So, like, what was your standout number one funny moment from like any of those shows? A standout funny moment. <laughs> I think it it would be from black comedy, but it wasn't anything to do with the script or the comedy from that. It was obviously <laughs> I was meant to meant to be blind, and uh, at the end, obviously, this is just before the lights come back on. We're all on stage, and uh, one of the characters in it is trying to kind of sneak around and just kind of be sly and he's trying to like just kind of like evade us as a whole but then the comedy of him getting caught at the end is that we hit him with things but obviously it's acting we're not actually meant to hit him with things and then I had a pool cue in my hand and obviously I I'd say like I, I gave it a fair swing and poor Jack was on the ground and he looks up and I swing this pool cue and unintentionally smack him directly in the face. And he lets Jesus. out the we- the weirdest yelp I've ever heard someone. He, he let out a, like, a noise. He just went, yeah! As I smacked him in the face. And he collapses back. And this is the very end of the show. And I'm meant to stand like with the pool cue down at him and look into the audience's face with my angry kind of army colonel face. Uh, for a solid like 15 seconds and I think that's the closest I've ever been to cops and when I'm acting is just trying not to laugh at him <laughs> yeah yelping on the ground and it still makes me laugh at this day just thinking about it it's him like <laughs> yelped on the ground and just kind of like holding his face as I'm standing on him with this pool cue just staring at the audience <laughs> who are also all buckled at what happened because yep. a few of them knew Jack and knew myself so because it's the final show they all came and threw roses and stuff which was lovely but they were all buckled at this happening and I was so close to and I didn't corpse so that's some strength that I showed (laughs) that's the one thing that they don't tell you when you like start drama school is you are more than likely going to get hurt at some point oh it's dangerous like when we were doing Macbeth Connor Patrick headbutted me 
also remember that. <laughs> that was that was mainly my fault though. Um, but then while we were also doing Macbeth again, must be cursed, somebody who shall remain nameless pushed me the wrong way off a roster and I nearly broke my ankle right towards the end of the show. Your class were cursed with injuries as well. Like, yeah. I remember, I remember uh, well, the, we had, the, the witches broke their ankle. One of the witches broke her foot. Broke I her foot, nearly yeah. broke my ankle every night in the exact same spot on the show, even though I kept correcting him. Our sound technician uh she fell down the stairs from the booth to the stage and then something else happened but yeah it was like everybody who was involved in Macbeth in some way or not got hurt <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't offer to help in that show <laughs> so another funny moment that I always remember and I don't know if you were actually there for it it was while we were in, in in NQ, and this person again shall remain nameless because I'm not trying to get a cease and desist. And um, she had like crutches and things. Um, oh, I don't know where this is going already. Yeah. And I'm not just disclaimer. I'm not taking the piss out of her for having crutches, but th- that really sounds like I am. Um, but the funniest thing that I ever remember she said was she was sitting next to like the common room and you were there. Sorry, two seconds. And didn't she tell your class that she was like paralyzed from the waist down and then stood up and walked away? Yeah, that was that was a surreal moment because obviously I was uh, a young guy, just joined college and was meeting all these new people. And uh, obviously, you, some of your class were sitting and chatting to us because it was very like early on in college. So I was just like just straight out of high school, and I hadn't turned eighteen yet or anything. And then this this girl who's <laughs> twenty, she was she was twenty five at the time. Just I don't think she was that was, old. Like, I think she was like she, the same she, age as me. Oh, I thought she was. She said something. She was older, but well, she uh, might she, be. She, I, she I didn't know her like that. To be fair, oh, we were tight, <laughs> but then she. Uh, <laughs> She she uh, just turned around to me in the comm room and said, oh, I'm paralysed from the waist down. And I was like, I didn't really know what to say. I was just like, oh, that's such a shame. I was like, how'd you get about then? And like in college, is it like a struggle? Like, do, you, do you need a like, hand going to the classroom now and stuff? Because it was the end of like the break. And then she was like, no, no, I'll be fine. And stood up and just collected her crutches that she didn't use and just walked to the class. And I was just, do you know what? She had those I'm crutches. <laughs> Why? Because her granddad told her that Glasgow was a bad place. Uh, I mean, I, I, if she was going to lie about things, then I'd, I'd, I don't know why she would say she's paralysed from the waist down. It's quite a <laughs> hard one to keep, keep up, yeah. Especially if you sta- if you stand up the second later. <laughs> Honestly, I think about that all the time. Not going to lie, like <laughs> you could come up with something else if you wanted a bit of sympathy, love. Yeah, <laughs> she went with a bold one that didn't pay <laughs> she off. Did. She she was like, "I'm not even going to build up to it. I'm just going to hit it right out the park, straight off." <laughs> so then we're going to move back to Shakespeare now, because when you left college and we were still there, uh, a group of your class got together and you started doing Hamlet, but like sort of a modern day version. Am I right? Yeah, we did indeed. So we were. Kind of sat on an idea when we were in college that we a few of us had, a few of us had discussed, and it was just doing Shakespeare plays, but putting a Glaswegian kind of twist onto it because obviously yeah. we all studied in Easter House and 
a lot of us lived in Glasgow or from the surrounding areas. So our kind of idea was that to use Shakespeare plays and make them Bami. And obviously the first kind of one that stood out uh, to us was Bamlet. Yeah, and it's such a good idea. It's it's still work. It's still a work in progress. It was obviously halted very much so with the start of COVID, and it's honestly pretty much fuck COVID. I'm sick of it. Oh, I know, I know. It's it's been a tough year for everyone, but it was. uh, We were having a few issues with just because of funding and stuff. We couldn't obviously pay anyone until we sold tickets to it or whatnot. So it was hard to get commitment from some people, obviously, because as an actor, when you're starting off, like in a career such as we are. Uh, this at this stage nobody has money so we all have other jobs and we all have yeah. other ways to earn money so it was just trying to get the commitment for people to stay in at the show so it is a work in progress I've still got most of the cast and most people willing to do it and I'm looking at avenues to kind of just get it recorded because I've edited the script for it and I've like got I've done most of the blocking I've got most of the music and stuff for it it's a it's an idea that's going to sit there and be ready for whenever a theatre opens but it's a we've got a few as well that we're going to hopefully move on from but i'm trying not to think of them until we push out this first one because i I genuinely also don't think people know how much it costs to put on a show so it's ridiculous it was uh, just like we were trying to like fund it ourselves obviously because most of us had other jobs and we're very passionate about putting on this show is yeah like I, i thought well I think it's a great idea. It's like something that's not really came to Glasgow yet, and I thought it would be quite quite attractive to po- like the population that don't like really include themselves with theatre and don't interest yeah. themselves with theatre. So I think it'd be more approachable for them to go see. As a performance, yeah, because um, so it's like trying to because like I I write plays and put them on and things like that and for a night in the theatre that we use at college is £800 yeah it's, it's ridiculous like, like that's a good it's a good space it's like a, like a phenomenal it's a great theater, space and we're very lucky to use it like in our great time at college but yeah £800 for one night and there's no guarantee you're going to get the ticket sales for that never mind and that's before you've even put a costume or a set on the stage exactly you can make it as minimalist as you want it's still going to be expensive to do like unfortunately and then you've got all your other shit, like people to do the lights and all the sort of stuff that you don't sort of expect and you don't realise. Like, realistically, you're not putting a show on for less than a grand. I don't know. It's a, it's a very it's very difficult to try go on your own rather than go through the avenues of getting work of other people. So if you have your own idea and you think it's a great idea, it's very, very unlikely you're going to get to put that like idea out there Mm. for people to see unfortunately so if anyone is listening that has like very heavy pockets full of money um please message me or ben we'll be happy to help you spend some of it on a theater show this is this is a cry for help this isn't a podcast (laughs) (laughs) please (laughs) please (laughs) for three pounds a month you can sponsor an actor in need yeah (laughs) I'll just leave all my details down below in the link okay. to the podcast. They can come through me. I, I'll um, yeah. I'll just take a ten percent cut of whatever they give you. Yeah. <laughs> but genuinely, if there is anyone out there listening that would like to sponsor a theatre show, please do actually get in touch because I have plenty of plays and Ben has Bamlet. So let us know what you want to spend your money on. We'll sort it out. 
That's not a competition. It's your plays up against mine. So I mean, I just won't tell you head. if anybody comments on if anybody brings it forward and they're like, "We want to do Bamla." I'll be like, "Sorry, they've got funding." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they know my name from the podcast. They can hit me up on Instagram. Go for it. <laughs> um, so, like you're saying about other jobs and things, you work in hospitality, which so really the two industries that you work in have been massively double fucked, Eiffel Towered by fucking COVID. Oh, it's, it's yeah, that was uh, one of the, the struggles to keep myself positive at the early stages was definitely that both of my main, like my main passion in acting and what I want to do and my main source of income, which I do enjoy doing as well. I do enjoy working in hospitality. Both of them just got stampeded by like a massive horde of rhinos and then stamped on. So it's, it's been a, it's been a challenging year. It's been definitely yeah. character building and I, I can't say I've been too down the whole time because things just, Things could be worse in many aspects, but it still it has been a challenging year. I think I've just found that I've missed it. And I, I look back and I'm like, I should have went to the theatre that night that I couldn't be bothered to go. And I should have just auditioned for that thing. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's very much dragged out hindsight and everyone that like, when things were normal, like last last year, well, not last year, like two years ago now. It's mental to think. Oh, that's but, horrible. Like, two, yeah, 2019 when things were in the, the full swing of it. Like you would, you would have like made made more out of life, but then obviously, nobody could have predicted this happening. So yeah, but like, um, so we all know the podcast is called Drama School Dropout because I done my three years at Kelvin and then went to a nameless university and dropped out. <laughs> um, I'm planning to go back. I've not to the fucking one in Edinburgh. Fuck that. Um, they were shit. Um, but I'm reapplying to uni this year. We won't say where because I don't want to jinx it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but do you have any plans? Because obviously you sort of finished college and didn't pursue education-wise acting. So do you have any plans now to to throw your hat back in the ring and audition oh, for some unis? Yeah, I do indeed. It's, it is like what I want to do, and it was just kind of unfortunate timing of when I like when I finished college. Uh, obviously, it was a bit of a rough personal time, like financially, uh, just from like not getting as many shifts and work and stuff like that. Uh, so the kind of main things we love to hear. Going to un- yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, like university was like what I wanted to do, but uh, I'm self self like self-dependent like i need like all the money i earn and stuff is mine and i don't really get any help from elsewhere so for me to go to uni i needed to save up a wee bit of money so i could afford to live while i'm there yeah uh, so like it was like my flats in deniston east end of glasgow uh so like either like moving through to Edinburgh or staying in this flat and commuting through do you live in deniston cover it yeah I do indeed i've had i've had this flat for since <laughs> Yeah, we live like a mile away from each other. They're probably not even that. Oh, where do you live? Where do you? I live in Parkhead. I live right across the road from the Forge. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Please don't come and rob. I mean, I'm saying don't come and rob me. I've got fuck all to rob. Um, yeah. <laughs> just give a generic area, and they'll. they'll I mean, I don't know anything. Live this close? Yeah, I stay. Uh, not to be too specific, but just off Duke Street. Uh, Live in one of the flats there, so I've lived there for a wee while now. It's just leak your address. Leak the address. <laughs> if you want to come rob me, I'm out at this time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're never fucking out at the moment, so. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'll just be sitting here waiting for people. 
right. <laughs> so um, before we end, I've got a new game that I want to play with some of my guests that come on the podcast, and it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. Um, right. So I have found three crazy fucking stories from theatres and drama schools. Two of them are true, and one of them is false. So okay. I'll read the stories, we'll talk about them, and then you can decide which one you think is stage shite. <laughs> right. I like the so, concept. I work very hard on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so number one, one time my drama teacher took us all out of class and made all of the drama club stand in a circle in the drama studio and tell each other everything we had ever said about people in the drama club behind their backs. And because we were all like 15, we did it. Could you imagine one of our lecturers making us stand in a circle and say everything we had said about people behind their backs? I'd be there for days. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's a good way to battle the toxicness of some people, but it's also, it would just be, it'd just be carnage. Oh, it'd like, be ballsy. You, you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have a class to go back to. People would cry and leave. Like, it's drama <laughs> students. People are very dramatic. Like, they, oh. they will just leave. Like, the amount of, like, people will just drop out if they don't like their class or, like, if, they, like, like honestly, I've I've experienced someone that felt felt bullied, but like, not by myself, obviously, because I'm a saint. But <laughs> there's someone that Excuse felt bullied. Excuse me, in, you like, bullied me quite a lot. It was just friendly banter, just hazing. <laughs> just hazing, but so, some people don't take to like just stuff like that very well. So it's very. To be honest, like, in my first year, I didn't take well to it at all, and then I grew up. Yeah, I think it's when you're, especially in college and high school and stuff, if you were to take it at that age, a lot of people are very, a lot more sensitive than they are when they grow up. 100%. So number two, one time my lecturer made us all get naked and cry in front of each other for a module. P.S. He didn't make us get naked, but it was heavily implied we ought to get naked for a better grade. Woofed. Uh, are you getting naked and crying in front of us all for a better grade? You know what? I'm, I'm see, not. People don't need to see I, that. I mean, to be honest, I, I probably would do it for, for a better grade. You know what? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take it. If, if, if I'm struggling and then that's a wee avenue out, it's just a wee, a wee 15 seconds. Just get the clothes off, get it done with, and then never need to think about it again, apart from when you cry in the shower. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd have been like, no. <laughs> you, you don't want to see that. Fail me. <laughs> So then, number three, um, my lecturer directed us in a movement piece where we were all playing sperms, and the 10-minute piece started from the point of ejaculation and ended with one of us reaching the egg. <laughs> now that, if that doesn't sum up drama school, like some of the stuff that you do, like, I don't know what else will, because that like, oh. some of the stuff you get up to, that, that, that sums it up. That's tremendous. <laughs> Today, we're going to um, be pretending to be kitchen appliances for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> we did uh, that. Yeah, when you walk, like we walk around the supermarket, and some people are items within the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was a wardrobe uh, at one point as well for like forty-five minutes. Yeah, I remember I was a I was a table in a performance. So I just kind of sat there, and people u- utilized me from time to time. It really like makes you laugh when you look at those pictures of people playing doorknobs, and you're like, no, that really does happen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like that, that's not that's not lies that happens right 
Yes. So which one do you think is bullshit? So being made to stand in front of everyone and tell everyone what you've said about them behind their backs, um, getting naked for a better grade and crying, or the movement piece where we were playing spams? I mean, I'm going to say number two is shite because I hope it is because that's just a bit seedy from the lecturer's point of view. And it's just a, no one wants to hear that. But then also the other two are just really funny. So I kind of hope they're true. So I'm going to say being naked shite. But then also you're going to throw that in as the curveball because you're going to make me say that, that it's shite. But it isn't shite. It'll be the sperm one because I want that one to be true the most. <laughs> right. So which one is stage shite? Stage shite is the one where they're naked and crying. The one that is stage shite is the sperm one. Oh no, I wanted that. I'm going to do that then. I'm going to get like a group together and be be sperm. You can't steal uh, it because it's something from a script that I'm writing. All right, okay. Well, I hope to be involved in that script then because I, I would love to do that. We can all, we can all be sperms, all dressed in white yeah. spandex. Yeah, just go across the stage and that's the whole that's the whole show. Yeah, basically from the point of ejaculation to reaching the egg. You can call it something elusive, like white. So, like, white to play. <laughs> and people come and it's just that. Mm, white flyers. Mm. Mil- military poster. Make it feel like it's, like, a group of pilots. Yeah. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> but where have we even come to with this podcast, anyway? Um, yeah, that sounds... <laughs> went down a hole. Yeah, we're, we've gone down now. This is where people start clicking off. Um, yeah, this is this is where there's no, the point of no return. This is where we but, are. But we're at a good point because we're at the end, and I'm going to let you go back to your own life in a second. Um, so for everyone listening out there, thank you for listening to another episode. Please, please, please leave a little rating, five stars, obviously, because we're all talented. Uh, maybe a little nice comment that'd be really nice. And also, if you want to submit a story for stage right or stage shite, you can email me at drama school pod drama school dropout pod at gmail.com i'm so professional it's unreal i'm so professional so that's drama school dropout pod at gmail.com and as usual you can find me on all social medias at ingram noble and where can they find you ben all social medias i'm uh, at ben at ben waddle underscore on instagram perfect and you go and look on the fucking instagram on my instagram there's a flyer with his face on and he's tagged you can go give him a little follow (laughs) But you can't contribute to Bamlet because I want your money first. Just hit us both up with some money. That's how I yeah. accept follow requests. Yeah, basically. I only accept £50 notes, though. Mm. Right, well, thank you so much for coming in and doing the podcast today, Ben. It's been really fun catching up with you because we haven't seen each other in so long. Yeah, I know. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it's it. It's all good. It's been and- fun. And thank you to everyone listening at home. This is episode number five. Um, Thought I'd have got bored of it by now, but we'll be back again next week with episode number six. So thank you. And goodbye.